Hello and welcome to Pharmacists After Hours, a podcast which explores what interesting and quirky things pharmacists get up to in their spare time. Throughout the series, I'll be speaking to pharmacists from across the country about their unique hobbies and pastimes to find out more about those activities and how they fit with the world of pharmacy. This week, I'm joined by Professor Parastu Donyai, Professor of Social and Cognitive Pharmacy at Reading University and an avid knitter who in lockdown crocheted rainbows for the children in her street to put in their windows. So I wanted to ask, how many in the end of those rainbows did you do? Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. So I did about 10, it might have been 11 of the rainbows. Yeah, it was a really sweet thing to do, I guess, for my own well-being, to be getting on with something, having a purpose. And then kind of just seeing the appreciation that the children showed in terms of kind of sending me little notes or even like feeling that they had to get me a little gift in return. Yeah, it was really sweet. And that must have looked so lovely walking down the street, seeing them all up in the windows. It was so satisfying. And I guess if you remember in that first lockdown, it was a a lot of confusion, wasn't there, about kind of the rules and what you're allowed to do and how long you could be out for, how many times you could go out. But yeah, certainly when we had the opportunity to go out with the kids and we'd try and spot them, see them in the windows and see how people had displayed them. Because I think a few people asked for multiple rainbows. So there was somebody that wanted three mini ones. And for some of the kids, I did kind of really cute ones with smiles and and little eyes, like a little face. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. It was really sweet. And then it got started through the WhatsApp group on our road. And then on there, I learned that two couples, in fact, had had babies, so kind of COVID babies or whatever one caused them. Um, <laughs> so then I just thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice to kind of crochet little booties for the babies? Oh, <laughs> that is so sweet. I think with gift giving, there's, there's kind of that satisfaction, isn't there? It's obviously, it's the recipient, but it's also on my part, it's the giving is, is obviously quite satisfying. So I crocheted the baby's names into the into the little um, booties and I gave those so that was kind of I guess the story around what I got up to in lockdown <laughs> yeah because I, I was just thinking you know as an academic pharmacist lockdown must have really been lockdown everyone was at home all the students were on zoom I assume that knitting is one of those hobbies that you're still able to do it in lockdown because it's sort of thing where you can sit there with a cup of tea and a comfy chair. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of grandma before my time, I would say. Um, (laughs) I mean, in terms of the impact of lockdown and kind of the relationship with the students. Now, I just happened to be on a research sabbatical in that first lockdown. In any case, for the first half of the year, I was on a research sabbatical. So my sort of relationship with students was really with my PhD students and any project students. And that was work that could be comfortably carried out online, you know, a a little bit like we're all doing now. It's a kind of through different platforms, through Microsoft Teams, etc. But going back to your point about knitting itself as a hobby and as something you can do, absolutely is something that keeps you busy. I guess what people usually think about is the physical act of sitting down and creating something. But I would say, maybe with all hobbies, but certainly with hobbies that involve a craft or an art, there's the prep, 
So there's the preparation. So kind of purchasing any items that you need. And then there's the doing bit, absolutely. And people equate knitting and crochet with kind of mindfulness. You know, it's relaxing. It takes your mind off what's happening. I would add that with knitting and crochet, there's the sort of, I don't know what I would call it really, but it's maybe forward planning. So maybe if you're kind of not doing anything, you've got your thoughts, haven't you? You can kind of occupy your mind and it helps with your psychological well-being and feeling positive to imagine a project you might do in the future. Even if you're not physically sitting down, you're occupying your mind and you're thinking about what you might do next. I think that's why so many people picked up these sorts of things in that first lockdown because, uh, you know, it was kind of housebound. So it had to be things that weren't work, weren't on a screen. They were kind of practical, tactile. There were those phases like the sourdough phase, which takes a lot of advanced planning (laughs) for something that you can't really wear at the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think as humans, I guess there's a kind of long-standing history of art and creation and, of course, kind of creating artifacts, things that display our humanity and things that kind of communicate who we are. And I guess, yeah, knitting and crochet kind of fills that gap. I suppose my first love really was painting. So I used to do oil paintings and, and sort of sketches and things like that. Maybe like everyone else, when the children came along, it was kind of actually, I can't can't really be in a room with these sort of oil paints and things. And what can I do that allows me to still create something and express myself, but actually is is sort of doable with children around and is something productive and, yeah, I guess might even help others. So, you know, kind of giving gifts to people as we've talked about. I've always been absolutely so envious of people who could knit because my grandmother used to knit and she couldn't uh, teach me for the for the life of me how to knit, even though I tried many a time. And whenever I was with her, she'd always be sitting in that same chair knitting away. And it meant that for about five years, I had my own <laughs> tailored knitted jumper Aww. as a kid. And I think that demonstrates kind of one of the things that I love about knitting so much is that you do have these little mementos or or piece of clothing that are not only entirely bespoke and made for you, you know, with someone's bare hands, but yeah, you can kind of keep them and cherish them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Although that's a really sweet image that you've described there of your grandma. And I would say, actually, it is quite hard to teach other people. So don't feel bad at all. (laughs) Um, And believe me, I've tried with all my kids to teach them how to knit. And honestly, I think it's, um, it's just one of those things that I don't know, maybe a sort of a different person as not a relative has to teach. If you're interested, I learned to knit when I was around 10. And that wasn't through a relative or anybody that I knew in the home teaching me. It was actually teachers at school. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I learned lots of things from teachers at school, but, you know, I, I, I think knitting was one of those ones I just didn't have the, the manual dexterity and the patience for. You know, give me a block of wood and a workshop and I'm made. <laughs> but there was like one step too many for me to be able to remember it all when it came to knitting. I could make the loop, I could do one other thing, and then I completely fell apart, ended up creating just a string of knots. 
<laughs> I, I, I did want to ask though, you know, obviously, you know, there are some people who want to get into knitting and it's a, it's a wonderful thing once you get into it. Like not, not just clothes, but toys. I think you also do as well, which is an, an added layer of complexity because it's, it's three dimensional. You've got to think how it all fits together. But I wanted to ask for someone who's just kind of getting started in it. They want to try it out. They want to see if they can do it. What would be like an easy thing for someone to knit first off? Obviously, what people usually say is try knitting a scarf. You know, you can buy kind of all sorts of kits with instructions and things like that. I would say if I was starting out now, I would use something like YouTube because you have lots of videos of people being very clear and illustrating the steps that you need to take. And with something like knitting, I guess it's a little bit like learning a new language You've got to also become familiar with the way that the instructions are being communicated. You know, this is going to betray the old-fashioned person in me, but I might even buy a knitting magazine because you can you kind of kind of get those. And at the back of every knitting magazine, there's actually the kind of the code. I know exactly what you're talking about. And because it's got that code, it always seemed like, you know, racing standings that you used to get in the back of newspapers to me because it absolutely made no sense. It didn't even seem English. Well, I tell you what, when the pandemic is over, and let's not predict that, I'm planning that when we're all sort of back to normal, I'm actually going to start up a knitting club for the students um oh wow that is that is great yeah have, have any of your students come to you to ask you about knitting it's funny you should say that in terms of work and and how my kind of knitting and um, various hobbies I guess interrelate with work we did have a lunch session before the pandemic so a year and a half or so ago which actually was instigated by a colleague um, a good colleague of mine um, Dr Ranjita Dittal who wanted to run a sort of have your lunch and learn some knitting so we did that and that was with colleagues and I think that went quite well I have also got some ideas about how I can bring knitting properly into inverted commas, let's say the serious work that I do at the university. We have a project, I suppose we've been focusing on it for about two years, and that's looking at medicines reuse. And before the pandemic, we started creating a sort of large model of a, a fish. It was, it was really a, a bin that we'd created and we named it Frankie the Fish. This is a long story. I'm going to kind of cut to the chase. And the idea is that we encourage people to bring their unused medicines to be disposed, I guess, safely into this bin. And we can sort of have a discussion about pharmaceutical waste and its management. And one of the sort of things that we were doing at the time was to crochet little mini, and we called it Frankie the Fish, um, <laughs> little mini Frankie the Fish toys. And then if we distribute these, then maybe they're a reminder that people ought to take their medicines back to the pharmacy. That is fantastic. That is a brilliant way of roping it into work as well. I actually wanted to ask you if you'd knit anything for colleagues or what they thought about your kind of knitting habit. <laughs> so I haven't actually been knitting while at my desk, you'll be pleased to know. <laughs> well, certainly not, not at the university. You know, maybe you find this with, with all people who have sort of different hobbies, I guess, 
yeah, when I speak to colleagues, they're kind of quite interested. I, I can't, memory's not that good, but I can't remember having actually knitted anything for work related to work other than this kind of project related work. But I would say certainly is something that I'd like to do. We've spent a lot of time, haven't we, in lockdown kind of thinking about what will it be like when we're back to normal? Well, obviously, you know, in, in lockdown, everything had to be kind of done in the home on its own. But now restrictions are easing across. Well, they've pretty much eased in England and across the country, they're slowly being eased. I wondered for kind of new beginners, obviously, you you mentioned that you want to start up a club for your students. Are there kind of knitting groups that people can go to to, to get that kind of practical help or even just meet? like-minded people and have a cup of tea and a natter yeah certainly there are and I have to say even at the university whatever I set up won't be the first thing the chaplaincy service runs at the University of Reading does run I think they call it a knit and natter club intermittently so those sorts of um, support groups certainly exist and I would encourage anybody who's interested just to search up what's happening in their local area a lot of people buy their wool online, but certainly there are some really good knitting shops around. So I guess it's about finding out what's in your local area. Can you go in? Can you chat to the shopkeepers and find out what's happening in your own area? Keep you on the theme of work just for a moment. It's something that I ask all my guests on this podcast, but your knitting, have you noticed it improving your work in any way or has your work improved your knitting? I think everything in life is interrelated. And, you know, we mentioned earlier about kind of knitting having its own language. And, you know, I'm not going to try and say it's, it's overly complicated, but I am somebody who is very passionate about learning and CPD and learning new skills and so on. And I think that one of the things that knitting allows me to do is it allows me to learn something it can actually be useful and you can carry on learning and you can carry on developing your kind of expertise in that I don't know if, if that's answered your question but certainly looking at my work profile it's not difficult to find my profile online you'll see that I've completed numerous courses and always found that if I complete a course I can bring that into my work and knitting kind of parallels that I ask the question most of the time because I want to understand whether or not a hobby is there to kind of supplement someone's work. You know, most of the pharmacists I speak to, they absolutely love what they do as a profession, but it's high intensity. Everyone's under a lot of stress. So sometimes they need something which is so radically different that they can kind of unhook their brains at the end of the day. But a lot of the people I've spoken to for this podcast, including yourself, it seems, tend to always take something from what they do in their spare time and implement it into work. And usually that's to do with concentration, ability to focus on small details, or ability to think around a problem or even learn a new language or a new way of thinking. As it seems, although the case when it comes to, to knitting and crochet, especially if you're doing a, a complex uh, pattern, Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree 100%. One other thing that I wanted to mention, because I, I saw it in the news about a month ago now, and I wondered if you'd been long to it. There was a shop which they converted in Mayfair into an entirely knitted pharmacy. 
and you could actually go in and you could buy the knitted stock. You could buy like knitted pill boxes. You could buy little uh, bottles of medicine. And this artist had done it. She does like different uh, stores and the pharmacy was the latest one. I just wondered if you'd, you'd been along to it. Do you know, I've also read about this and I haven't gone along. And I, and I was trying to look online and find out whether it was knitting or felt and kind of reading the reports. But I'm going to give my age away because I'm going to say that I'm <laughs> the generation that when, I don't know if you know, so Damien Hurst set up yeah. a restaurant and called it Pharmacy. And there was a kind of a lot of controversy about whether actually he was allowed to call it a pharmacy. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'll be honest, I, you know, I think that the, you know, the rules have obviously slackened a little bit since then, because there was a lot of uproar about that. I think he even had kind of real packets of drugs in the window of his restaurant, I think it was. So the short answer is I haven't been yet, <laughs> but I'm assuming I'll be allowed to go as a pharmacist. So so maybe I'll have a go. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I think they should be all right calling it a pharmacy. I don't think anyone's going to try and file a yellow card report with MIHRA because they ingested some, you know, woolen paracetamol or something <laughs> like that. That, that would be a real, like, lo- looking, <laughs> looking at, like, I don't know, knitted cowpaw or something and going, yeah, this is perfectly drinkable. This will cure my headache. Oh, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> um and another thing that i ask all my guests um on on this podcast is some people listening they might be intrigued interested uh, in knitting but they're kind of on the fence they don't know whether or not to give it a go if there was one thing that you could tell those people what would it be you can buy yourself a knitting magazine that comes with wool and some knitting needles like what, what have you got to lose no, it's, it's definitely one of the most cost-efficient pastimes to have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And do you know what? I've not done it yet, but I think some people even make things and sell them on certain platforms, so there's always that as well. <laughs> run, a, run a side business out the side of the pharmacy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, now, come on, that's, that's my dream. I'm gonna, <laughs> when, I, when I retire, well, I've always said this to the kids, I'm going to have my own community pharmacy. It'll be a coffee shop. And a knitting shop too. How about that? Oh, that sounds wonderful. One-stop shop for all your medicine and haberdashery. I'll have a 12-pack of paracetamol and some ribbon, please. (laughs) There you go. That's social prescribing done, right? (laughs) That is that is wonderful. And I hope at some point I get to visit that in the future because that sounds like a, a wonderful, wonderful place to be. I want to say a massive thank you to Professor Barastu Donyai for joining me on the Pharmacist After Hours podcast to talk all things crochet and knitting. And thank you for listening. You can find more podcasts on the CND website, chemistandruggist.co.uk. Thank you.